0: hello we're back after a short delay delay <laughs> a delay in broadcasting
1: i love it. it makes it sound really professional if you have wondered if you've missed an episode of the kick-ass podcast obviously everyone is always tuning in every week to get the latest episode if you're thinking you've missed one uh you haven't don't worry we have just been um slightly awol mostly
0: AWOL for the last few weeks
1: yes we've been on all sorts of adventures we're going to share them all with you today
0: so it's going to be like hanging out with your grandparents when they get back from their holiday and show you all their slides
1: you've actually literally got film photos from these trips
0: yep except it's a podcast so you won't even get to see the slides
1: <laughs> but go Damn. to go to Todd's instagram you can see a bunch there and maybe i'll put a few up myself
0: okay so what have we done let's mentally work through this in order let's rewind before we even recorded no wait after we recorded the last podcast no before we recorded the last (laughs) podcast you went to Lanzarote that was the first holiday
1: first holiday What, what
0: did you learn in Lanzarote what did
1: I learn well I went away with a few other wedding photographers and it was right before wedding season and it was really lovely actually what I learned was that everyone holidays very differently all four of us wanted very different things from the holiday. Uh, however, I'm the bossiest, so I won. <laughs> so this
0: is all wedding photographers and all similar ages and yeah. like similar life philosophies.
1: Yes, except fifty percent were mothers and fifty percent were not, which was quite interesting. So we had a uh, a burpee challenge or you no, know, it was a squat challenge. Where if we talked, if they talked about their kids, they'd have to do squats. And what was my thing? If I if I talked about something, I had to do squats. Uh, I can't remember what my what my challenge was, what I was, uh, what my forfeit was, um, but we each had a thing where we had to do squats if we talked about it, uh, which was quite nice, quite fun. Um, so the the mums got a bit of time away on oh, no. it.
0: That's the first time anyone's described squats as quite nice or fun.
1: It wasn't fifty percent mums and fifty percent not. It was three quarters of us did not have kids because uh, Marianne was supposed to come but she couldn't. Um, she has a kid, but she's in our little holiday chat group. So it was like she was there. I am I am literally remembering it as if Marianne was there. That's mad.
0: <laughs> That's the, the modern era where you have WhatsApp chat groups. So it's like everyone is in the room all the time.
1: It is. We shared everything with her because she was supposed to come. So we were sharing videos and photos with her the whole time because we wanted her to feel like she was there. We wanted to feel like she was there. Um, so, yeah, we had, yeah, three of us were not parents, which meant... Um, we didn't worry about stuff back home we didn't have to like book it around half term or anything um, and one of us was a parent and so she had some nice time off from the kids which was I think nice but also a chance to miss them
0: I had some nice time off from you while you were there yeah. which was also nice
1: I missed Loki, I really miss Loki, I don't know if you can hear him wailing in the background of this podcast by the way, he has not shut up the entire time we've been recording
0: Loki's got a new thing where he wants to go outside all the time but we live in an upstairs flat so he can only have escorted visits outside
1: he's been fine with it up until now he's been absolutely fine doesn't even acknowledge the front door now all he does is cry at the front door so I actually put him on a little harness and I walk him around our street
0: <laughs> he didn't go out for a long time so I think he forgot didn't he the joys of going outside yeah and now he's rediscovered it
1: well he's now discovered there's a post right outside our house where the neighbor's dog likes to do its daily wee so he rubs himself up against this post <laughs>
0: it's been like the nicest run of weather here in the south hasn't it It's yeah. been sunny for like a month so i think that's why he wants to go out again all of a sudden
1: all the smells are out there it's lovely for him
0: now speaking of sunshine lanzarote was like desert wasn't it it
1: was not even desert it was like being on the moon um i didn't expect it there's no earth there's no mud there's no growth no foliage nothing like they've got some cacti um and a couple of like palm trees but otherwise there's just no trees, there's no bushes, there's no there's some like flowers but people have to actively work hard to grow them. Um the land was all lava, like all dry lava. So it's really current painful lava. No, current lava. We didn't <laughs> swimming in red hot lava. Um it was old ra- lava rock and it was absolutely mad. Like I couldn't believe the insane landscape. It's like being on the moon. So,
0: uh, Lanzarote is along from Tenerife, isn't it?
1: Yeah, Tenerife is pretty lush, though. So like,
0: they're they're all is it Gran Canary, Gran Canarias?
1: <laughs> You're so close. Gran Canaria is one of the islands, but they are the Canaries. The Canaries, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's amazing. I
0: knew I knew the the wheels of my geography brain were turning yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Tenerife is more lush, isn't it? Than yeah, Lanzarote. Yeah, yeah, and so
1: is Gran Canaria. Um, but is, apparently, is that all of them? Is it three? No, there's 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 more. There's also um, Fort Ventura. Apparently, that's even more barren than than Lanzarote. But we had a great time swimming in the sea and stuff. And. Uh, Ate lots of great food. Uh, we came back and we all decided we wanted to lose five kilograms of weight. <laughs> so we're now we've renamed our chat group from the Lanzarote chat group to the race to lose 5K.
0: Was this chat related group. to the holiday or just a general like gentleman's agreement?
1: We kind of did. So one of the girls was doing a couch to 5k, which I joined her on. Uh, me and one of the other girls were doing little uh, sort of strength workouts in the mornings. And um, we all kind of, one of them dragged their heels and did not want to do any of the exercise at all. It's quite funny. So all of us now are competing um, to lose weight, basically, which cool. is, is quite a challenge, quite fun. It's been a few, it's been a couple of months. And How's we're still, that going? Yeah, up and down, <laughs> up and down. Did we talk about this in the last podcast already? Yes, actually. I think I was trying to lose weight. So we've um, actually gone
0: back in time here.
1: Yeah, and so since we talked about it, we've actually, in the Kick-Ass Astrographers membership, had a coach and nutritionist in um, for a little Q&A, and we all quizzed him on things like, how do we hydrate properly for a wedding? How do we not have the wedding hangover? What do we eat during a wedding day to not feel tired and sluggish? What do we eat during the day to not feel tired in the afternoon of editing? All that sort of stuff. Um, And it was brilliant. I got some real life-changing advice from that. Uh, So I quite enjoyed that. I've also signed up to, I don't know if I've mentioned on this podcast, but... Uh, one of our other members during a uh, one of our Monday morning Zooms was chatting about how she joined this thing called Zoe, which is a uh, personalised nutritional health whatever plan. Uh, basically, you send a pot of poo, <laughs> you do a little blood. I'm in. T- yeah, very exciting. You do a blood test thing. You eat a special muffin. And I think it might even be a blue muffin. They've got a thing about a blue muffin where basically you look at your poo when it becomes blue. That's how quick it's going through. I just did a poem, by the way. Did you notice that? Mm. You look at your poo when it goes blue, then it's gone through. (laughs) Uh, It's almost
0: worth just buying your own food dyes to try that with foods, isn't it? It's well worth doing. See how quickly everything gets through there.
1: There's a blue muffin recipe on their website. Um, So I've signed up to that. And I'm really interested because it's it's not just like, oh, yeah, this is your BMI, therefore eat this or that. Like, it's they literally look at your blood sugar and your poo and all that sort of stuff. And they give you a special muffin to, to eat and they look at your blood sugar as a result. Uh, and it's,
0: like, super signed up at the moment, isn't it? Oversubscribed. Yeah, so. the
1: test isn't going to come until August and we're now in um, June. Um, so I can't wait to find out what I can and can't eat for me. Like for some people, you can eat bananas and some can't because it like spicy blood sugar. Some tomatoes are good, some are bad. Like it's, it's really interesting. So I'm really looking forward to that. I've also changed my diet massively as a result of this whole Zoe thing. So I've listened to their podcast religiously. I'm loving it.
0: Yeah, the podcast is very good. It's much better than ours. So if anyone's <laughs> bored of our podcast at this point, just go on to the Zoe one. Search for Zoe on Spotify or your favorite streaming thing and uh, <laughs> learn about some actually interesting stuff. <laughs> Instead of two photographers just waffling on.
1: Waffling on. (laughs) Talking of waffles and food.
0: (laughs) It's our our current uh, car podcast addiction, isn't it? A nice Zoe podcast. A Zoe
1: podcast. I'm also starting to listen to Diary of a CEO, um, Spotify, uh, sorry, podcast uh, in the car. And that's been a bit scary because they go quite in depth on things like AI. um, And the last one I listened to uh, basically AI is going to take over the world. It's worse than, it's a bigger crisis than global warming and COVID put together.
0: Anyway, moving quickly on, because we already went on about AI on this podcast before, I think, for quite a while. Um, so let's, let's
1: move on from talking about the end of the world. We, as have, we, a know lo- we have
0: a lot of holidays and breaks to get through here, <laughs> by which I mean... Uh, so
1: the next thing, actually, by <laughs> what you mean what? <laughs> the next thing, actually, um, I was going to say, this whole like diet changing thing, we met up with a bunch of um, our members in Devon. So this is our other trip we wanted to talk about, I wanted to share with you. We met up with, we, we planned this like get together in Devon. So I had the opportunity to stay in this massive, awesome farmhouse for a few days. So I invited some members.
0: I like how you just drop that in there. Like that's a normal thing that happens to people.
1: To photographers it is. Do you know what? When your friends and colleagues and whatever find out, acquaintances find out you are a photographer, they love to swap things. So I have swapped a few things for photos recently. It's been brilliant. Um, and one of them was this farmhouse. So they wanted photos for their Airbnb. And I got a free stay. So it was brilliant. And so, yeah, we got the members along because it was a massive house of many, many bedrooms. And two of the members, so one of them is on the Zoe thing and she's eating. So she ate yoghurt and nuts and berries for breakfast. And I was like, I don't know about that. That just does. That sounds gross.
0: What a wrong end. <laughs> How disgusting.
1: But I came home. I chopped up some nuts. Like, you know, the she her rule apparently is get it from the aisle, the baking aisle. Get the nuts from the baking aisle, not from the fun crisps aisle. Not
0: the sexy nuts.
1: No, you've got to get the ones that are not covered in anything and taste like nothing. That's what you think anyway. So I came home, I tried yoghurt, berries and nuts. I chopped up all these nuts and it was amazing. It was absolutely delicious. I had it this morning. So she inspired me and then another member turned up and he had brought his own breakfast and it was like full on rye bread. You know, that stuff that's just like looks looks disgusting (laughs) looks Uh, like
0: someone's chopped up an Amazon box
1: (laughs) I mean it's accurate
0: probably tastes similar
1: (laughs) so he spread avocado and hummus on it and had a couple of boiled eggs Um, what else did he have berries all sorts of stuff like that an
0: admirable breakfast
1: yeah it really was and I was like okay right I feel inspired so I came home and I've been having that for lunch So I'm feeling so good about all of like everything that I'm eating and I'm feeling good about myself. Like I'm not feeling sluggish in the afternoons while I'm working anymore like I used to. Uh, The wedding day, I feel much more energetic all day long. So changing my diet has absolutely changed everything.
0: One Um, of the big Zoe things is eating minimally processed foods as well, isn't it? So we've become a lot more aware of anything that we buy that has a long list of ingredients.
1: Yeah. And it's been easier actually. You go to the shops, you're like, well, I can't get anything from this aisle. So we've so switched to away. like
0: naked bars have become our go-to wedding snack they're because amazing. they're like six ingredients tops, usually less.
1: Yeah, yeah, all good ingredients too. So compared
0: too. to if you compare that to other other well-known cereal bar brands <laughs> from the cereal bar aisle, those things are basically biscuits. So if you're going to get a really heavily processed sugar-filled cereal bar, well then you might, might as well, as well get, get something like <laughs> like a chocolate digestive, like yeah. an, an elite level snack.
1: You might as well get a good one.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So, yeah, wedding snacks wise, naked bars. We've also, talking of food and weddings, we've changed how we're doing things slightly. So, I used to, back in the day, back before I met Todd, I used to always sit at the tables with guests on the wedding day to eat dinner so that I'd get fed at the same time, so I'd get fed well. Um, I quite liked a bit of banter. You can get good referrals because you're often sitting with people who are engaged, you know, young and everything like that, you know, uni mates, that sort of gang. Uh, which I loved. And then I met Todd and we were a bit like, okay, let's have some time out instead. So we would sit sit outside or whatever. We'd have a little picnic, but we'd also still be fed from the wedding like venue kitchen.
0: This is what meeting an introvert will do to you. Yeah, The introvert will insist that you spend time apart from people on the wedding day. Do you know
1: what though? It's been great because while they're all like bunged into a dark hot marquee or room, we are outside on the grass in the sunshine having a picnic. So it's worked out well in that respect. However... Uh, firstly the food always comes a bit too late and the speeches always begin so you're always rushing and secondly we often get get given like a plate of meat and nothing else and we get a tummy ache we feel unwell we just feel a bit sluggish um, and it's not good for the wedding day
0: yeah i don't know if that's happened to any of you guys listening in but it seems to be a common thing at weddings where they they like scrimp on the sides and the extra stuff So if they're going to give you the same mane as everyone else, they'll literally just give you, like, the centrepiece, the slab of meat. Yeah. And they won't really worry too much if they don't have anything to go with it.
1: Yeah, that's it. Like, I'm not vegetarian, but I was trying to, for a while, limit meat. And I didn't want to be, like, picky on a wedding day. I wanted whatever they'd give me. So, yeah, it ended up being a plate of meat, which was not ideal at all. So ever since, like, learning about you know, eating whole foods and and being healthier and how food can affect your like the way you feel for the rest of the day. We have now changed our form. So instead of saying, instead of like being all about, you know, basically you will feed us, it's more about don't worry about feeding us. Like if you if if we are traveling far away from home and we cannot get any food, then yeah, we'd like some food. But otherwise we'll bring our own. I've bought myself a cool bag backpack. Um, which is enormous. It's so big.
0: It's a sack. <laughs> it's like a center's sack for food.
1: Classic internet shopping. It's massive, but it's from Passenger, who I love. Um, this was also inspired, I think, by the same person who had the, um, the Zoe diet on the Devon trip, one of our members. She had um, a similar bag from Passenger, and it was all colourful, and I loved it. So I got this colourful Passenger bag, which has like a cool bag lining, which we put our food in with some cool packs. And we've been getting, like, Waitrose or MS like, salad packs, like, grains and salads and sweet potatoes and whatnot, uh, and just having that when we want, Things which is Things that lovely. we don't have
0: to think about too much on the day. Because you don't really want to have to, like, assemble and put together this big, fancy lunch, do you, on a wedding day? Yeah, exactly. You just want to so not think about it as much pre-packaged. as possible.
1: We've also had a genius idea of, because the, the wedding, for the kids anyway, I didn't realise it was for the kids, but I took one and they were serving squash. And I was like, this is what I need right now. A, like a, a good glass of cold squash instead of water on a wedding day. So, you know, you get those little Robinson's Boost, I think they're called. They're a little tiny thing that you squeeze Um, into your water and it's like concentrated squash uh, so I'm going to get a bunch of those and bring them to weddings and just get a tap water or a soda water and just squeeze a bit of that in for hydration. And the coach, James, who we had on um, a couple of weeks ago in the membership for this Q&A, he said, put a pinch of salt into your squash. You won't taste it, but it gives you loads more electrolytes and keeps you more hydrated. So
0: Yep, because uh, he also mentioned water is not the most hydrating fluid, which shocked many of us. What is it, Todd? What us. is it? Uh, did he say milk?
1: Yeah, we said milk. Mm. Yeah, And I've actually been guzzling milk since then, in fact. I have one of those all like fancy tiny whisks, like a handheld battery whisk thing. So I'm mixing in like pure cocoa powder into the milk and making like a little cold chocolate milk, which is delicious. Because I really hate water. Like I find I just can't drink water on its own. And Seems so that's like cool. a
0: fitting time to mention that you've also got a soda stream just as bought, a result of this.
1: Yeah, it's actually a drink mate, but I've been calling it a soda stream because that's like the '80s name for it. It's like calling a vacuum hoover.
0: <laughs> so for anyone who doesn't know. That's a water bubbler, isn't it?
1: <laughs> that is the technical term. A
0: manual water bubbler.
1: It's great. It literally takes one second. So you put the liquid in, and you go, Zzz, and it's done. It's carbonated. So and it has so- like
0: a gas cartridge or something. Yeah, it, or does it? yeah,
1: exactly. And you can get like Pepsi Max and like 7-Up Free. I've got some of those like little syrups and stuff from SodaStream, actually, from actual SodaStream.
0: And it instantly imbibes the water with that slightly fizzy water bitter flavour, doesn't it?
1: And apparently, yeah, the bitter flavour, apparently you can carbonate with the Drinkmate. It sounds like an advert for both Zoe and Drinkmate, by the way. Mm -hmm. This podcast is sponsored by Zoe and Drinkmate.
0: Oh yes, I should do the sound effects like when we had the electric bike. That's
1: right. (laughs) Sponsored by (laughs) Drinkmate. Sponsored by Zoe.
0: That's probably a fart noise or something, isn't it? (laughs) But a more pleasant <laughs> fart than before you started on the Zoe journey.
1: Oh, lovely. Uh, so the drink, you can carbonate anything, which means you can carbonate wine, which I quite like the idea of. A little, like, sparkling wine in the evening. Um, so, yeah, I'm quite happy with that. I'm quite excited about that. It's
0: a bit like a kid's chemistry set, isn't it? Like, you want to put things through it. <laughs> or like when you get a microscope as a kid and look at different things under it.
1: I was on the Reddit thread for the drink, mate, and everyone was like, whatever you do, don't try fizzy milk. <laughs>
0: sounds like a challenge
1: go on try it i dare you (laughs) should we do it right (laughs) now (laughs) we
0: will do it before the next podcast
1: let's just put on some fizzy milk right now this
0: is going to become just a podcast of things that we've bubbled up (laughs) and the results i always knew we needed to niche down anyway so sticking with the theme of travel you also went to portugal didn't you
1: That's right. Yeah. So um, two
0: weeks after getting back from Manzarote, it's
1: all been going on. So I went to Portugal because um, I'm the sort of person where I will kind of do things on a whim very spontaneously without really thinking about it. And for no good reason. So our friend Charlotte, who is a wedding photographer in our membership, um, said, Oh, I'm, uh, I'm going to live in Portugal for six weeks as part of like her boyfriend's work. I was like, "Oh, Portugal. Eh? Hmm, that sounds nice. Maybe I'll come visit." <laughs> she was like, "Yes, yes, come visit." So that's all the encouragement I needed to book a cheap, easyJet flight and go over there. Where'd you go? Uh, flew into Lisbon.
0: This is not for like podcast continuity or anything, so people know where you went. I've actually forgotten where you went. Thanks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> flew into Lisbon. Got in a car. Got a hire car from literally the worst hire car company ever. Um, they, first they shuttle you about 15, 20 minutes away to this big garage where you go and you sit in a waiting room. And there was one person ahead of me in the waiting room to like pick up your car. And it took 45 minutes. I was sat in there for sat there 45 minutes waiting. Um, and it turns out the reason you're waiting so long is that it's basically a whole fear process where they they scare you into getting the expensive insurance, which by the way is three times the price of the day rate of the rental of the car so the rental was actually 10 pounds a day the insurance was 30 pounds a day
0: that's depressing isn't it
1: yeah and they will charge you not like normally it's just like if it's above a 2 pp size ding they charge you for everything so they've got a booklet they take you through of all these pictures of dings and cracks or whatever just to get
0: your holiday off on the most on the best notes
1: they're like this tiny scratch will cost you 600 euros that scratch will cost you 500 euros and they basically spend the whole time going through that so i sat there for ages and it took so long I was like, this is ridiculously expensive. What can you do? And she was like, well, to be fair, if you bring your car back a couple of hours early on the last day, we can knock a whole day off because the whole thing had taken so long. I'd lost an entire day of the holiday. Mm. I was furious. And um, I uh, I left a bad review and they said, um, it responded and said, I think it was uh, TrustPilot said if you don't upload your booking number and proof of of this booking, we're going to delete the, the negative review. I was like,
0: didn't they also try to make you reply to the seller's reply? If you don't reply, reply, that's right. If you
1: don't reply to the seller's reply with your booking number and all that sort of stuff, we're going to delete it. I was like, well, that's why they've got all good reviews then. Um, and I took a photo when I did when I dropped the car off. Um, I took a photo of the area because there were not only people filling the waiting room but they were sitting all the way alongside the wall outside the building too waiting all these poor people waiting in this queue
0: such a cheap holiday cliche isn't it
1: yeah it was awful oh my god I should have just walked into town anyway so I got my car and I actually went for the full insurance which was lucky because I did manage to uh, drive it into a curb whoops (laughs) so you know jokes on them really Uh, so Charlotte and I had a fantastic time I went south um, over this bridge that looks looks like the uh, Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. Even the the local Lisboner, Lisboners call it that. Um,
0: so it's like two for the price of one holiday. You can really see is. San Francisco and Lisbon. It's so
1: true. It's it's fantastic. It's really beautiful. Uh, so I went down south and it was all sort of beachy California vibes, um, really hippie towns and pine forests. And oh, it's just it was magical. Absolutely magical. We hiked swam oh no wait I didn't swim it was so cold it was actually colder than than uh, the Brighton Sea Hmm, surprising (laughs) it was freezing um we did all sorts of lovely things and on the last day I decided I'm going to spend the day in Lisbon itself like I've come into Lisbon I've got to explore the city um and I had literally like the worst day of my life (laughs) I hated it because it
0: was too busy and too city-like, it was
1: right? hot. It was busy. There were no restaurants that had anywhere near a decent Google review that had tables available for lunch. So I was hungry. um I was I was carrying all my luggage, which was, which was just one bag of stuff, but it was still you know a heavy bag on my back. I was hot. There were just crowds absolutely everywhere. Everyone's trying to t- sell you something. Lisbon is also steps everywhere like going up steps like the entire time in the heat of the day everyone's trying to see the same famous view or famous tourist spot What's uh, that? just views views oh, of right. things yeah. yeah really just views no of one
0: things. particular one then i
1: gave up pretty really quickly on it all so i messaged charlotte and i was like charlotte what do i do where do i go i hate it And she was like go to Belém. um so i got an uber uh and um they are cheap. In is Lisbon.
0: this a, a different town or or a suburb?
1: Belém is like a suburb of Lisbon. Yeah, um there's like a famous tower or something you can see there. So I got this Uber. They're they're well cheap. Um, and I got a, I got a lift to Belém, which was a lot calmer. But I got out of the cab and I still wanted to go for lunch. So I was like, right, I'll go to one of the trucks on the riverfront and I'll sit on a lawn. Um, and there were no trucks and lawns near each other so I had to walk for ages in the hot sun which was all it was concrete absolutely everywhere in a hot sun I uh, finally found a food truck and I sat down and one guy was like said to the owner we've been waiting an hour where's our food I was like okay I'm out <laughs> sorry left carried on walking i on walking found some scooters you can hire so I was like great I'll hire this scooter this electric scooter and I'll scoot my way along the river till I find somewhere to sit down and eat some food um, and it turns out there was nowhere to go, and you have to go over this bridge over like a six-lane highway to get to anywhere else that has food. And I couldn't Damn. find I couldn't find a way over There wasn't steps. So I was like, oh, "For God's sake, like this isn't working out for me at all."
0: One of those days. One of
1: those days. They just carried on like that, and then, in true, as as Todd calls it, luck of the puma, <laughs> he calls it. I found this um, cute little terrace cafe type thing on a back street of a main road set way back beyond anything touristy really really hidden away um, and it was absolutely glorious it was dappled sun from all these trees and plants they had out um, the, the owners were so friendly it was cash only and I only had a bit of cash as well so I was like I was literally counting my cents to afford Anything and Were you uh,
0: haggling down on the price of I had to, uh, cookies.
1: Yeah, they had to give me ten cents off because I was ten cents short by the end. <laughs> but I spent several hours there just reading my book in the dappled sun, dappled shade, and that was gorgeous. And I went to this um, shop as well. Uh, I think it's called Pasta Easter Belém, which is where you get those nata pastels, those little custard tarts. They're they're famous. They're like that's the shop to go to. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to Betty's in Harrogate, but you know how you like you queue up all around the block, you go into the little bakery bit, you get your thing and you go. It was a lot like that. Um, it was a really fun experience. And yes, the pastels were amazing. It brought a bunch home. Uh, so the last day was sort of redeemed. However, so talking of, uh, talking of um, Ubers being really cheap in Lisbon, I, I jumped in one to get to the airport. And the guy, the driver had lived in England for almost 30 years. So he p- spoke perfect English. And he was telling me all about being an Uber driver in Lisbon. And I was like, yeah, it's really cheap. And he said basically explained all the ins and outs but they get a third of what you pay they actually keep a third um and i think my ride was like 10 euros or something to the airport 50 no it was 18 euros to the airport and he spent like a good half hour 45 minutes getting me there in traffic so i was like that is really bad he's getting like five euros basically for an for a you know he's got to get back as well like this is this is so uncool
0: this is why uh, the Uber drivers were striking because I think they were striking at one point here, weren't they it's obviously a terrible company to work for
1: yeah it was it was absolutely so sad Uh, So I learned a lot there, um, but I didn't really take any pictures, which is funny. I didn't take my camera to Lisbon, didn't take my camera to Lanzarote. (laughs) Um, I prefer doing iPhone photos and films when I'm away, like for personal stuff, because I can look through them easier. They go onto my uh, Google photos and I can look through them there. I can search them on there. Um, I don't like the, um, what's the word? Not routine, but um, sort of process of, you know, taking camera photos, getting it home, looking through them editing them uploading them I don't enjoy that like I think some people might enjoy that process I think
0: for me that process now feels like work yeah so I, I do kind of enjoy it but I would only enjoy it I think if it wasn't also something that we did for a living mm. so at the moment we have like three weddings or, or so on our books you know in the pipeline to get edited and cold. and the last thing I want to do is then go through that same process for something I've done in my own time yeah so that's why I'm enjoying shooting either on phones or with film.
1: Talking of which, so we are, we do these iPhone films for weddings. They're super popular. Um, and we've just upgraded our iPhones again um, just to have the latest model because um, it's going to be a while before we can get the one that comes out next. Um, just because it has a slightly better camera um, and things like that. So I guess that
0: basically started with Scout Camp, didn't it? Yeah, your, so your phone broke. <laughs> we went to uh, Anna's Scouts Group, had their summer camp in Devon while we were down there. So we joined that yes. in uh, like a few days after we'd done our wedding down there and our kid ass gathering. Yeah, 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 straight straight into it. And um, we were asked by the Scout Group to film a bunch of it for uh, like future promos and maybe a little film to try and get them a new Scout Hut. And obviously, we did all of that on our phones. Mm. And um, somebody has just cut together the video of that. And it was really nice, wasn't it? Like, even though it was iPhone, it totally captured the vibe and the spirit and the feeling of the trip. And it felt really nostalgic watching it back.
1: That's why... I do iPhone films at weddings because it captures a vibe better than a camera does. It just does. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like a depth of field thing. Maybe it's the ease of just getting a little bit of footage here and there. Well, maybe maybe
0: it's, it's also that people don't react to the I was going to say, way. it's literally
1: people's response to an iPhone or phone versus a big camera. Mm. Um, it just feels more organic, more natural, more in the moment. And yes, this, this Scout uh, camp film came back and it was just... It really, really encapsulated camp. It did not look like a big Hollywood movie. I get inquiries for wedding films and they're like, I don't want a Hollywood movie. I'm like, great, great. That's that's exactly what I'm here for. Like I do the iPhone films. They're very much in there, in the moment. You'll feel everything when you watch it back. And they've just been so, so popular. A lot of people have now been doing them as well. Uh, I think at first, iPhone films, iPhone wedding stuff everyone was like "Ugh, you know proper camera you know how how could anyone do an iphone film or photos at a wedding that's just a joke you know can't take that photographer seriously like that happened for a a couple of years there was a lot of pushback Um, but now everyone's like oh wait the footage is really good it's really easy people are liking it maybe i'll do it and also have you heard of these content creators Mm -hmm. yeah so they're really popular um at weddings where a person will come along for about 300 quid a day and they'll do a bunch of phone footage and they'll just send it all to the couple the very next morning Um, and it's so that they can enjoy their wedding the next day they can upload Instagram stuff the next day um, as well as having like professional photos so that's where I come in where I'm not quite a content creator in that I'll get a load of random clips I'll put together a film for them but it is bridging that gap
0: Having said all that, the upgrade to the 14 has been like the most modest upgrade for both of us so far, hasn't it? Yeah. So normally like you wait a bit or you change brands on a phone and it's like, oh my God, amazing, all these new things and features and the battery lasts for a week huh. for the first week.
1: It didn't at all though, <laughs> um, did it? it was... But no,
0: like it's, I feel like phones are getting so high up for the diminishing returns curve now yeah. that each time you get one, there's just less that can be amazing. So I think the camera is probably a bit better, isn't it?
1: Um, Yeah, a little. Not that it's not. It's not. It's it's indiscernible. Is that the word? You hmm. can't really tell. Um, So
0: for me, going from a twelve pro. It's definitely better, but I think it's probably similar to the one you had in a yeah, I was 13, 13 Pro yeah. Max.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've got the smaller version, which is quite nice. It was massive. It was a joke. Everyone always <laughs> laughed at the size of my phone. So I've got the smaller one now. Um, but yeah, it's just great. And so yeah, this this, uh, this Scout Camp film was, was actually edited by um, a dad of one of the Scouts. And he works as a BBC film editor. It's literally his job. Like anything it, you see on bbc he has edited
0: he did an impressive job to pull yeah. together like the 600 clips or whatever it was Literally. that we got because we were constantly filming little bits
1: yeah and it looks fantastic it really sells camp it's just so much good fun and i do think people responded better because it was an iphone rather than a camera a seat. successful
0: camp do you think oh, overall it was amazing wasn't it speaking of the camp yeah it was my first one
1: was it your first summer camp no well uh, no okay no, not really
0: and the weather was like perfection. childhood memory perfection
1: throughout. <laughs> yeah. There was a stream alongside the camp and we all bathed in the stream several times a day. Um, it was like actual magic. It was like, you know, when you like you said, childhood memory. You think back to a film photo of a magical moment. It literally felt like you were in a film photo of a magical moment in the past. It was amazing. So
0: each day of camp, was it all planned by the same person or different people? No, no,
1: I planned one of them actually.
0: Yeah, so each day was planned by different people leaders mm. and each day had like a loose thing mm. for that day so we had like kayaking. a barbecue on the beach day yes. with a bit of surfing that was my one kayaking barbecue. day um what were, your one was um i
1: planned the barbecue on the beach a little bit because i i've always wanted to have a barbecue on the beach on a sand dune and so we did and it was amazing um i also planned the fish and chips at the valley of rocks which um is a really cool spot in devon is, that,
0: um, is it called just the Valley of Rocks? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Yeah, yeah, And you, you contacted the little there's cafe, a, yeah, the tea, little tea room, room. There, who I think were probably entirely unprepared for a call Not, from I mean, a group of yeah. 30 scouts <laughs> saying, can you cater a full meal for them?
1: Yeah, they did. They loved it. They absolutely loved the job. Um, and we loved it too. It was really good fun. Um, so yeah, we, we had this like a couple of weeks away and it was just lovely. Like also with Lanzarote and with Portugal, it's just nice to just go away and not work not think about work not be in your editing cave and I feel like when you come back it makes you feel like grateful for everything and you you kind of want to get on with work a bit more so there are a lot of people who we've talked about this with 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 our peers like there are photographers who feel guilty not working all the time who feel guilty like you wake up one day and you just don't feel like it you know, you just you wake up and you're like, I am not in that space to, to work right now. But they push through because they feel they have to. I say take the day off, go for a walk, go for a bike ride, have a picnic. Like, work with, with your mood. Because you're not going to be productive if you're feeling like that. It's
0: a very tough balance to strike, though, isn't it? Like, I think for all those of us who have had office jobs or day jobs the thing that gets to you the most is the repetition that, mm. you know, five days a week or whatever, you have to get up at a similar time and go in. And regardless of how you're feeling, you have to do that. And I feel like that's probably really bad for everyone's mental health. You know, that you have to override what you're feeling inside mm. in order to go and do the job. And I think a lot of people who are hoping to go self-employed in some way kind of want to get away from that feeling, that just day in, day out grind. But But they give themselves that feeling. Yeah, is that once you become your own boss, to be successful, you have to kind of work all the time. And it it actually gets hard to get out of that work mindset and Mm. to switch everything off and to leave it alone. And actually, when we were at the scout camp, that camp had no signal. It was at the bottom of a valley in a forest. So there was like one spot that you could trek out to that had a little bit of signal enough to get some WhatsApps. But you couldn't do your normal, like, scrolling and no. checking emails. And that actually really added to the experience for us, I think.
1: Yeah, I loved it. It was really good. It was nice just to switch off and there's nothing you can do about it.
0: Um, I, For one, I really found that I didn't miss scrolling.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So looking through Facebook feeds, looking through Instagram feeds, I didn't really think about that once when we were there, No, I must say. It's well, something that I'll do maybe when I'm bored or even maybe to unwind at home which is a terrible way of unwinding but it yeah you just realise, or i realized when i didn't have that in front of me i didn't think about it all week until we got back here
1: do you know what talking about that that's interesting you should bring that up because i listened to a podcast where again stephen bartlett diary of a ceo uh, interviewed a guy about um our sort of attention spans lately and he said um it's it's sort of down to habit and control and if you are getting distracted by your phone and like you know you're supposed to be doing work but you're getting distracted by by scrolling by notifications by emails by whatever then instead of go instead of giving into that distraction tell yourself either you know i'll look at that in 10 minutes i will do some scrolling in 10 minutes or be purposeful and tell yourself i want to scroll that is what i plan to do for the next 10 minutes or whatever i plan to scroll so then you sit there scrolling for those 10 minutes or whatever, and you think you don't feel guilty because you're you you you're in control. You plan to do that. That was intentional. So if you're unintentionally scrolling because you're trying to distract yourself from doing work, stop that. Like, do that later on purpose. Give yourself time to do it. Also, I thought there was a really interesting point that he made, a really good idea that he had, where he said to schedule in worrying Which was fascinating. Like, instead of, like, worrying about this and that all day long and getting distracted from your work, schedule in a worry. (laughs) Like, say, this afternoon for half an hour, I'm going to worry about stuff. And then often by the time that comes around, you're like, I'm not so worried about this or that anymore. Um, And you can deal with things much more level-headedly than you can um, when you're genuinely worrying about it for the first time. So I really took a lot from that.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting idea for anyone or those of us with anxiety. Mm. The idea that you can maybe have some control over that and schedule in the times for it. I don't know. I'd have to try that to see if it worked.
1: Yeah, I only listened to it a couple of days ago, so I've not tried. Um, uh, I generally try not to. I don't think I'm a massive worrier, um, but I think it could be really useful. I do worry about things sometimes, of course, and I think it would be really use- useful to, to consciously worry, to get these things out of my head, maybe write it down And then move on from it and feel a bit more in control of everything.
0: So you didn't take a laptop on your two flights abroad, did you? Your abroad holidays, you didn't. Well, I did Devon, you did just so that we could get a few things done in the background. Well, yeah.
1: So I needed to... I basically just wanted to save the wedding photos... So I needed a a vessel <laughs> to to put the, um, the the wedding photos we took, which was midway through the trip. So we had a, a stay in a farmhouse with the kick-ass photographer's members. Then we had the wedding the next day. And then we had scout camp for a week the day after the wedding. Um, so I thought, I don't want it just to be on the SD cards. I want it on a hard drive. I know you can get those, like, uh, what are they called? Little colour space, I think they're called, or something. A little device you can plug your SD cards in that is like a little hard drive. But... I've got a really ancient one really ancient don't trust it at all Um, and the battery doesn't last anything anytime so I just brought my little tiny um, laptop and just plugged in a hard drive and just backed up the photos because oh I can't deal with that worry like also because we were camping we had nowhere indoors to keep our cameras our SD cards our hard drive or anything like that so obviously damp is an issue, I was worrying about that, so I brought some, I call them damp suckers, I don't know what they're called, but they're like small pillows that are meant for the car, and they just take damp away, so I put one in my camera bag.
0: Big bag of damp crystals, I guess. That's it, so, yeah. yeah, if anyone listening to this is planning on camping, or, I don't know, sleeping out in some way with camera gear or laptops... Hit up Amazon and look for
1: those because those are Amazon, really good. Or just anywhere that sells them. <laughs> it's going to be Amazon. Isn't it? Be awesome. <laughs> uh, so, also on that topic, I once shot a, um, a wedding in, I think it was in Greece, and I shot the Hindu as well. So, they basically put me up in a room in the same house as all of the girls, which was lovely. And the Hindu was there. So, I was there. I took some photos of the Hindu, got to know everyone. It was fantastic. But the room they put me in was like the pool room, it was ground floor and it didn't steamy well yeah it didn't feel damp but it obviously was damp and one night the hindu we went in, out into, into the town and came back and it was actually raining so i ran back with my camera i didn't have it in a bag or anything uh, i covered it as best i could it may have got a little bit wet not too bad because the room was damp the camera didn't dry out and it was wrecked the next morning i turned it on and it was purple screen nightmare luckily i had two cameras so i just shot on the other camera and changed lenses all day but
0: how come the other camera was okay
1: I didn't, it oh, okay, I didn't take right, it out yeah, in the handy. Oh, I right. I didn't take out the If it had been at home, it would have been a dry environment and that camera would have dried out. Hmm. Because I was in a damp room, it didn't and it was it was it was dead basically. Um that's another thing I don't that's another reason I don't like shooting destination weddings because at home I could buy or, or rent another camera, I could borrow another camera. And um, there's always something you can do. Like my friend recently dipped her second camera in the sea because she, she had like a holster on and she was doing sea photos because the uh, the bridal party went for a um sea swim the morning of the wedding in Devon so she was really far away from home too and on her holster she had a second camera and it kind of dipped in as she bent down to take a photo of everyone running into the sea and it was full of seawater upsetting yeah she took the lens off and it just spilled out the water Um, so she had to drive to the nearest city and buy a new camera which she could do because she was in England and you know you can easily do that in Greece I could not easily drive on an island I think it was Cars or Crete or Corfu it was Corfu I couldn't easily just drive to a town and buy a new a new camera uh so yeah (laughs)
0: <laughs> so, on the topic of weddings, we have a couple that we want to catch up on and talk about on here, don't we? So yes. So, first one was, like, at the beginning of May, that kind Summer of time. Of May, yeah. So, we did Dreamland, didn't we, in it Margate, was epic. Which was a dream.
1: A dream. It was. I don't like using the word epic very much, but this really was. It was at a theme park. So, roller coasters and Ferris wheels and, and merry-go-rounds, all that sort of stuff. Um, and Dreamland is, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's also... A rainbow colourful theme park. It's like retro vibes. It's really, really cool.
0: It's very it's in like East Kent, isn't it? On the coast. So like if you've ever been there, it's exactly kind of what you imagine from that type of town.
1: Yeah. It's fantastic. Dreamy photos, literally. And You'd done
0: an engagement shoot there, hadn't you, before? A long time ago. Not a wedding.
1: Yeah, I've always wanted to shoot a wedding there, and I finally got to do it. And the couple were just amazing, and they were up for getting photos on the roller coaster, which you weren't. <laughs> we had
0: we had rainbow coloured hair, didn't we, for the brides, and um, mm, a and- cardboard out cat.
1: Oh, that's right, which yeah, was excellent.
0: A yeah. uh, nice velvety jacket for the groom
1: yeah velvety green uh,
0: which was nice aesthetically yeah and um yeah lots of rides and a full arcade as well
1: that's right yeah so the rides uh, the rides were really good fun so you're not a huge roller coaster person are you like i
0: think i'd have gone on that roller coaster i stayed down on the ground to get just an external shot of it anyway, which was really cool with (laughs) the coaster framed against the sky um but i don't know if i'd have been brave enough to do what you did which was face backwards to get their reactions to the roller coaster.
1: It was that probably, sounds like a neck
0: snapper to me. It,
1: it hurt my wrist a lot, actually, because I was holding my camera so tightly at an awkward angle, but it really hurt my wrist.
0: Which you had to negotiate, didn't you, with the kids to even on the rides? <laughs>
1: yeah, to beg them to let me on. I was stupid. I should have taken your camera, which has a neck strap. I should like, have just tied that around my like neck. i kind
0: of just agreed to that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm assuming. Here. I didn't have an extra or any sort of strap on my camera, um, but it wasn't an upside down one. It was like a little wooden coaster. And I will say this: I'm not. I'm not a gearhead. I don't talk about cameras, but that Sony with its focus tracking nailed every shot. Like I was barely looking. I just held the camera backwards and just went for it with a super yep. wide lens, and it nailed it.
0: Very cool shots of like the theme park in the background because you're obviously at a height, and mm. their their screaming faces, yeah, screaming with in joy air. in the foreground.
1: So I um, I planned it out in advance a little bit. I saw that the carriages are set out in such a way that every like sort of row of carriages, I guess, had a little gap. So I said, I want to sit at the back seat of one row of carriages, not row, you know, length of carriages. And I want the couple to sit at the front seat of the one behind. So I had a bit of a gap and there weren't any seat backs in the way. Um, so I had to ask the staff about that. So they sort of shut off those ones so no one else would t- go and sit on them. Um, so I got the perfect seats. So I really thought about this to, to get the good photos. Um... And likewise, when we did the... What's this thing called where you're in a... The Ferris,
0: Ferris wheel. Ferris wheel.
1: So I watched this Ferris wheel go around and I was like, I want to be above the couple as we're coming down because from that angle, I'd have the word Dreamland in the background, massive, massive letters. I'd have their wedding guests who were in a bar back at the in the, in the theme park. I'd have them in the photo. I'd have the whole theme park in the photo. if I was above them when they were in their, in their little carriage facing the other direction, it would be high-rises and just streets behind. It was not as exciting. So I really had to think this through because it meant the way that the, the, the Ferris wheel was going round, they had to get on first, so I'd be below them as it started going round. This confused everyone when I tried to explain it to them.
0: Mathematics.
1: You yeah. So that when it got to the top, they would start going down before me, so I'd then be above them on the way down. And actually, perfectly, they for some reason stopped the ride when I was at the very, very top and my couple were just below. Oh, so you I didn't
0: had- negotiate? That. No. Oh, I assume that was planned.
1: Either they knew what I was going to be doing or someone else was getting on the ride and it was coincidence. Oh, right. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it was brilliant. So I stopped at the top for a while. I got them to kiss and I got all sorts of amazing background. Their guests were in the background. It was just perfect. Uh, but it went around twice. I had a couple of goes of it as well. because um, actually the first time I think I cut off half of the sign of Dreamland because I was doing it through the bars second time i went over the bars and got the whole thing in so i got a second shot at that literally um yeah shooting at a theme park is a whole new logistical nightmare because you have to work out where to be um, and you don't have long to do it
0: my big takeaway from watching you organize that was that you can as a photographer have quite a big role in the wedding in terms of directing it and planning it yeah. so often with documentary photography there's kind of this idea that we're just going to be following the action around and that we're going to be chasing up what's going on. Mm. But although you were photographing the action, you had quite a proactive role yeah, in absolutely. shaping what times they did certain things or as you just described, you know, where you were relative to where they are on the rides and stuff. So you were quite hands-on with it and i think that really benefited the end results
1: talking of which um a topic that's come up recently and something we've actually we've changed a little bit of our business and the way we're working um i've gone into a lot of detail about this in a in a post in the membership uh, but basically we're changing the way we're, we're, we're running our wedding photography business um, we want to shoot more short coverage um, we love anything you know two to four maybe even six hours great love it We discussed it with our members and some of them said they like to be more emotionally involved and also they like um the sort of documentary aspect that comes with a longer day whereas if you do just a couple of hours it's not so documentary you kind of do a group, few group photos, you do some portraits, and that's almost all we have time for. Um, Is so this it's, a
0: roundabout way of saying that we're old and we can't do long days well, yeah, anymore? you get tired
1: so quickly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Didn't you get up the other day from like sitting down or something and everything creaked?
1: Everything cracked, <laughs> everything. Um, so yeah, I would rather do shorter coverage. I'd rather do more weddings at short coverage. So um, yeah, talking about how we have a say in... in um, in how we do things this is a whole other way of of shooting really doing short coverage and i love it and we've talked about it with our members a lot of them also love this new way of working uh, where you're doing a bit more portrait stuff but you're doing shorter coverage Um, one of our members has actually managed to book back-to-back weddings at the same town hall 10 minutes from his house so he is literally doing one wedding coming out doing confetti and then going straight into another couple's wedding um, because they're all booking him for like an hour or two which is great. Like, it's great if you can do that if you're near a town hall. So, yeah, well, I have gone into a lot of detail about how we've gone about this um, in the membership. If you want to join, <laughs> little uh, cheeky plug, join the membership. You can find out how we did this.
0: plug a plug
1: Yes, because inquiries for everyone have gone down and I looked at why and what we can do about it. And I did something about it and it worked. And we're getting loads of um, short coverage bookings now. Easy, easy bookings as well. And absolute idle clients, more idle clients than before, um, because uh, they value us more.
0: It's an interesting moment to talk about that, because I did find that Dreamland wedding very full on. It was a very intense day, just because there was so much going on. Mm. And because um, they had uh, access to the arcade there in the evening as well. Yeah, was a lot like, of Normally shoot. you might have some lawn games or something in the afternoon, but the action was full on and people were very spread out. So personally, I found that quite physically and mentally demanding as a day I think we did 10 hours that day yeah and and it felt like a long 10 hours as some of them do
1: there's not a moment there was not a moment of that wedding where there was nothing to shoot
0: no and that was also one of my big takeaways from that day is that what are people going to do on your wedding you know if if you're the one planning it um or I mean even as a photographer I'd almost be tempted to ask people now on the zoom call like what are your plans what are you going to do on the day because I think often when people are thinking, you know, if, if you've not planned a wedding before, you're going to be thinking, well, you know, I'm going to be getting married. So everyone's going to be there for that. Everyone's going to be mingling and having a drink. So I don't really need to lay anything else on. Mm. But actually, it's not always like that, is it, with weddings? No. sometimes People once, get bored, there's downtime. Yeah, like the ceremony is usually over within like, what, 20 minutes? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's pretty quick. And then there's the group shots and, and the eating. But there's a large section of the day then where it's like what are people going to do and if they are just standing around talking that's not the most interesting thing for photos a lot of the time yeah Um, unless people are really animated and we all know like not every crowd is like that then it can be hard can't it as a photographer to actually find things to look at
1: so that's where I think welcome packs come in quite nicely. Whether it's a PDF welcome pack or a physical book, you can do things like, you can basically, I, I do my welcome pack with an, an agenda. Like I want them to get ready in a room with nice lights. So I talk about the benefits of that in the welcome pack. I want them to have loads of stuff to do. So I, I give them ideas for things to do, that sort of thing. Like it's it's worth putting together just a PDF of suggestions of things to do suggestions of maybe videographers or planners or whatever ones you want to work with ones you like um and it's very important to say here that you will not give that to them before they've booked because i've seen a lot of photographers recently recommend videographers before the couple have booked them and then they go to the videographer for photos as well because they do it as a package um or
0: maybe the videographer then recommends a photographer maybe it's just an endless cycle (laughs) because the next photographer recommends a videographer
1: (laughs) yeah don't give that stuff away before they've booked yeah do a little welcome pack of people you recommend and and activities and things like that so basically if you've got an agenda if you want to shoot weddings where there's loads going on loads of things for people to do and fun photos for you to take why not suggest it you could always just write a blog post of ideas of activities for a wedding day and on the booking form When they press submit, you could say, now have a read of these blog posts that will really help you with your planning. And you can have that in there, like serve your own agenda and also help your couple at the same time.
0: You heard it here first, kids. Don't give anything away. (laughs) Definitely not the best stuff. So, okay. One more little wedding that we want to talk about then, which is kind of related, I would say, uh, was we shot at Tunnels Beaches in Mm. Devon while we were down there for the sixth time. Yeah, we've
1: got another one next month as well.
0: And in a roundabout way, that was kind of hands on or is a very hands on venue as well because it's so affected by the tides. So, Tunnels Beach is it Tunnels Beaches? Beaches, yeah. Is that a plural yeah. in the venue? <laughs> Even though it's only one beach? No, it's
1: two. It's two. So, you know, the one where we do like group photos and stuff down by the actual mm-hmm. venue? That's apparently the uh, gentleman's beach. Oh, uh, okay. And the one with the tidal pool is apparently the ladies' beach. So, it's,
0: it's built into the cliff side facing out to the sea. And it's this kind of wooden bond layer looking yeah. epic venue with like a fully glass front. So you get unobstructed views of the sea. Yep. And it's got kind of like a balcony and a terrace. And yeah, these, these two beaches. Mm. And uh, it's and tunnels just tunnels uh... as
1: well. Tunnels that go to the beaches, yeah. which is really cool.
0: So it goes through from the town of Ilfracombe, which is kind of unassuming, isn't it? It's yeah. not the kind of town where
1: normal it... rundown beach town. Yeah,
0: like it, it looks like it would just have like hotel venues or something at it, and then you go through this magical tunnel yeah. into this venue. But as a as a venue, I'd say more than most, it's affected by weather and tide. So mm-hmm. as part of the planning process, particularly if you've got couples who have looked at the pictures of the place the other people they stuff. It, it? so they've got you know shots in mind of like their reflection in a rock pool or something yeah. you need to be very hands-on as a photographer to make sure that you actually get those end results mm. like checking tide times maybe months in advance or whatever I, know, I think i
1: think tide times are like the weather i think you do it like as far in advance as the weather i think mm. as far as i know um but you
0: have to you have to think about stuff a lot don't you there
1: Yeah, so the tidal pool at Tunnels is like the famous Tunnels portrait photo. So everyone wants it when they get married there. Um, But it only shows at low tide. So when the tide is high, it looks like a normal beach, normal sea. Tide goes low, there's a pool that magically appears and you can walk around the edge of it. It's all dry. Um, So I think it was at like three o'clock or something, it was low tide, which is not great for photos on a summer's day. So the pool shows three hours before low tide and three hours after so I had until like six or something um maybe it was no maybe it was low tide at five and I had till eight uh, so it wasn't it still wasn't sunset um so it becomes a bright silhouette type photo if it's not sunset but yeah we did that we got some great photos sometimes we have had the tidal pool visible at actual sunset which has been magical so whenever you go there it's different and one of our members so when we did this um kick-ass hangout in Devon one of the things we did was we went to Tunnels Beaches as, um, you know, a members of the public. No, we just a went as, spy. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we went as members of the public and we went for a swim there and um, we looked at the tidal pool and one of the members said he had actually been there. He'd shot a wedding there in December. So it was completely rainy, completely grey and everything, which is such a world away from how you normally see it there. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really magical. And we took our couple around there um, just a couple of days after we took our members there, which was really bizarre. Uh, If anyone
0: anyone listening to this is familiar with Anna's earlier works, which I was, um, you had some really nice shots there, where it was like fully blue sky, fully blue water, Mm. and the couple fully reflected because it was like completely still. Mm. And didn't you do that? Early the next in day. the day, in the next day, the next yeah, day, that's yeah. right.
1: Back when I was young and eager, you mm. know, you do that sort of thing. You're like, do you know what? I'm going to come back out, and you guys are going to put your wedding gear on the next day, and I'm going to charge you nothing, and we're going to do photos. And now I'm like, I want to have time off and go home. <laughs>
0: but like, we've been to this place four times now together, and it's never looked exactly like those original photos. There was
1: morning. It's
0: yeah. Well, it's interesting. Like, I think it's great as a photographer to not get too fixed of an idea of anything in your mind because the time of day the weather and as we all know you know the couple you know yeah. the body language of them together All of these things make such a big difference, doesn't it, to the end result?
1: So this is, you guys are absolutely welcome to use this as an example. When your couples say, can you do a venue recce and you don't want to do it, you can tell them this story. Tell them, "Okay, like if I go there, I'll see what the venue looks like. But it will make no difference to the photos on the day because the weather will be different. The light will be different. The people will be different. I always say my photography is about the people. It's not about the venue you know so the, seeing the venue will make no difference to your photos on the day it's all about capturing those people
0: I think it's it's not only good for the couple to know that as well it's good for our own motivation and mental health because if if we were going there every time trying to recreate those original photos of yours we'd have been disappointed mm. because it never has looked exactly like that
1: sometimes it's better though that's the it, thing yeah like-
0: yeah you have to You each set of photos that we've done each wedding that we've done there has been cool in its own way. Yeah, um, you know, and maybe the sunset was cool or maybe it was windy so the the sea blue, looks whatever, different. Yeah. And And you have to pick up on those things and capture that rather than looking at the internet for inspiration and then sweating too much over just making it like that.
1: Also, you've got to manage your couple's expectations. They'll see these photos and be like, yeah, I want you to do that. And you have to say to them, it's not going to look like that. It can, it's going to look better. It's going to be you. It's going to be different light, different everything. It's not going to look like that.
0: Yeah. And I think that's where that's where Pinterest bothers me a little bit. Because, you know, I love the idea that you can have a big board of inspiration. And I think that's cool, especially if you're into something like details, Obviously, you can literally pretty much recreate some stationery that you've seen a photo of or some bunting. But when it comes to actual real outdoor scenes and stuff like that, everything is always different. And you don't want to ever have too fixed of an idea in your mind, I think.
1: It's funny when they give you a Pinterest page of like a beach venue and they're getting married in a pub in London in December. (laughs) I've heard of that happening. The
0: curse of Pinterest.
1: I had that once where a bride sent me a Pinterest board. It was all good up until this point. She sent me this Pinterest board and it was absolutely not my style of photos. And she was like, I want to do all these pictures. So I actually wrote back to her and said, look, this is not how I shoot. This is not what I do. Um, If you're not into the sort of style I shoot, I think we should just go separate ways. I am happy to recommend you someone who will do this sort of stuff. I just don't think I'm the right photographer for you. I was completely honest. She'd already booked at this point. I was completely honest. And she was like, oh, no, no, no no, forget about it. Don't look at the Pinterest. I'm not interested in that. I really want you. I really love your work. So that really went well for me to just be completely honest with her. Um, I
0: I think that's a good lesson in being assertive because often types of anxiety revolve around not asserting yourself. So if you hadn't said, if you hadn't sent that email, if you had been nervous about offending her, then you'd have been the one sweating it. And you'd have been posting in our own membership, you know, before the wedding saying, oh, well, you know, I've got this bride who's got given me this huge Pinterest board full of very fixed ideas, and now I'm sweating it because I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull this off. That's so true. Then you'd be the one full of nerves, yeah. whereas obviously you decided to be assertive about it and just be honest. And I think that is something that is within all of us. We can all be more assertive if we try. And I think that's a really good thing to experiment with. Like if somebody sent you an email like that where you feel a bit uncomfortable, just try sending something back and see how they react. And you can learn a lot about them by seeing how they respond.
1: Yeah, it's it makes it makes your life so much easier as well, doesn't it? We actually, a very small example of this was during the Tunnel Speeches wedding, right before speeches, the bride said to me, um, oh, uh, during the speeches, I really want some of those photos where everyone's like, doing cheers with their glasses and like the sunset is reflecting like showing through their glasses and it's almost like a silhouette through the glasses and I was like oh my goodness because it wasn't it wasn't sunset so it wasn't orange glowy light or anything and the whole way through the speeches that is all I could think about I am sure I did a great as great a job as I would have done as good a job as I would have done if I hadn't had that that on my mind But it was on my mind, and every time they were about to... I was waiting for the cheers, so I was trying to be in the right position, so I wasn't actually putting myself in a position that I wanted to be in. I was staying in a position ready for the cheers, um, knowing where people would put their glasses. But then we had like three speeches. So on the first speech, I learned that they're all doing a will you please stand and raise your glass? So I was like, no, I'm not prepared for the standing, because standing is just a bunch of bodies then, not glasses in the air. They put it in front of their face, whereas if they're sitting, they're raising it above their head. So every time they stood to do it, I was like, this is not good. I was really panicking through the speeches. And then all the speeches ended and I was like, I don't think I've nailed it. This one photo the bride asked for. So this couple that was sitting in the spot where I'd been waiting for them to do a cheers, I said to them, can you guys just do a quick cheers for me? (laughs) And they did, they did a cheers. I got the photo, it looked gorgeous and I was happy. But it's, it's those little moments on a wedding day that really give you anxiety when you think I've promised them something or they've asked for something and I haven't said no. And now I've actually got to do it. And it, it doesn't even matter. It's not like, you know, I'll oh, get a picture of my mum. Of course I'm going to do that. It doesn't, it, that matters. But like a picture of people cheering, it doesn't even matter. And yet you put all this importance on it. It creates so much anxiety in you.
0: Yeah, and it makes you preoccupied, which means you're not fully in the moment of watching the other things that are going on.
1: Exactly. And I do think,
0: like, one of the best, most important things with photography, wedding photography in particular, is to just be present. Yeah. To, like, work through that anxiety over expectations and everything else, so that you're actually seeing the things that are going on in front of you for what they are.
1: I should have said to this bride... I love that idea, I love that sort of photo, I'll do my best. I'm not sure the light is like low enough to get a sunset vibe of it and I may not be able to get it because I can't predict what people will do but I'll try, I should have said that. All I said was great, yep, love it, I'll do it. Because everyone was all around me at the time, it was about to start, the the speeches were about to start and I just said yes. Um, I should have said, you know, I'll try but I can't guarantee anything. Then later, so that wedding... Um, included one of the scariest moments of my wedding photography career where we did um, sparklers at night with drunk guests in the tunnel. So now that
0: was something you probably shouldn't have agreed to.
1: The <laughs> thing is, I didn't realise what I was agreeing to. So they said when we talked with the couple about sparklers, I said to them, let's do it at twilight. People won't be too drunk by then. And, you know, assuming we do it outside on the terrace. So, when they started um, talking about, like, you know, let's get everyone outside for the, for the sparkler shot, I was like, yeah, great, let's do it. Still assuming it would be out on the terrace. Then the planner comes out and she's like, right, let's get everyone in the tunnel. I was like, oh no. And this tunnel was narrow, it was small. And when lined on both sides with people holding fire sticks, the tunnel was even smaller. And these are drunk people. These are drunk by now, they're very drunk. <laughs> So, yeah,
0: you were braver than me. I don't think I'd have agreed to do it.
1: I was stupider than you, I think is the uh, <laughs> is the answer. Um, I had to go along with it. You know, you get into that position, you're just like, right, I've just got to do this and hope for the best. And I tried to mitigate any anything going wrong. So I said to people like, keep your fire away from me. Don't wave it around. Don't put it in my face or over my head or anything like that. I said, I'm going to be walking backwards through this tunnel taking photos whatever you do, just keep it away from me. And I just went backwards so fast. <laughs> like I ran backwards doing these photos.
0: Sparklers at weddings are strange anyway, aren't they? Like half the time people seem to not use them mm. because it gets to the end of the day and we've they gone forget. We've gone home from weddings and the sparklers are just sat there in the bucket still.
1: Yeah, I think, a lot of times.
0: I think people see pictures of it maybe and imagine that it's going to be like a vibe, a, a bit of fun, but it's not always like it that. It
1: can be scary, but luckily these these sparkler photos did come out amazingly. I'm very very pleased. And do you know the reason they came out amazingly was me. It was Todd. Right before we started shooting the sparklers, he whips out his uh <laughs> what's it called, a uh, cube or whatever, yeah. video light, and he he, gets, he puts it in my hand, and I shine up in the couple's faces, and it transformed the photos. I I was holding it in front of their faces for half of the the shots, and then I. As an experiment, I quickly lowered the light, put it against my body so that it wouldn't light them up for a couple of photos just to see. And I looked back at those photos and they are awful. So this video light was fantastic for that.
0: Yeah, fittingly, I think it's a video light that we originally got for doing for twilight venue. photos at tunnels. In the uh, tunnel, yeah. Maybe, was it in the tunnel? Yeah. Um, because the tunnels, they obviously at night, it's dark anyway, but they're also lit with... Uh, up lighter, like low-level fluorescent uplighters, yeah. so it's it's the worst possible lighting, and we've kind of had a mixed bag, haven't we, with those with those video lights that we got. Like we don't use them a lot.
1: No, but they're great for a situation where you just need a bit of light.
0: Yeah, like they're I would really I would recommend anyone out there listening to this who doesn't have one. It's worth getting one just for those times that you do want to use it. Yeah. It's brilliant. Like You don't have to think too much.
1: We've actually put a little review um, in the membership of the two uh, video lights we got. So I got one and I've got a different one. Um, and yeah, we, we looked at all the differences between the two.
0: I think it was about 100 quid, something like that. And it's one of those things that even if you don't use it often, it's worth having in the bag, I think. Yeah. So let's just wrap this up then quickly. What was your favourite holiday memory of all of the aforementioned things? Wow. What was the highlight?
1: That's enormous. I'm
0: putting you on the spot.
1: Oh, do you know what I really enjoyed? Was um, in Lanzarote, I loved our little exercise mornings because we had this little garden and it was not too warm yet. The sun was low, it was gorgeous. We were in this garden where there was a gate and all the locals were jogging and cycling and scooting past at the time as well. So everyone was active, everyone was outdoors. Um, and we did our little workouts together and then we had a lovely pancake breakfast with fruits and stuff and then got on with our day and I really enjoyed those mornings.
0: Very nice. Not a memory featuring me, I notice. So <laughs> that's that's cool. That's very cool for you. <laughs> I think um, my favourite part of Devon was Willacombe Beach. I loved it. Like Willacombe Beach has a vibe, doesn't it? It's not like anywhere
1: else. Not during um a half term though. We went the week before half term with the members and it was pretty empty. Enough people for a vibe and it was brilliant. We went a few days later with scouts on half term and there wasn't an inch of spare sand space. It was heaving. It was disgusting.
0: Willakum is like the quintessential tourist town it mm. is its beach basically and the shops there are not like the shops anywhere else it's like surf shops surfing and shops and fish and shit places it's and really cool the people there said that you know the town shuts down in november basically that's that's it but yes it it changed the vibe of it didn't it a lot. yeah
1: i love it there went for a little swim and stuff you
0: said it's kind of like bondi
1: yeah it's, isn't it? it's a bit like bondi it reminds me of that in uh in sydney yeah Love it there. Yeah, we've had, we had some great holidays. Back on the editing now, though, aren't we? You're editing. I'm doing website stuff. Like, I've got tons of web designs to do. So I'm working on three this month to wrap up. I've got two more next month.
0: And in amongst all that, we're off to Yesterville, aren't we, in a couple of days? Oh,
1: yay, on Friday. So Yesterville is a an adventure festival. Um, in fact, if we put this if put this podcast out in time, there might still be tickets for people to come if they listen to it. <laughs> True. So it starts Friday until Sunday. It's an adventure festival. It's only like 100 or so people. It's very small. Um, and, and
0: adventures of all sizes, isn't it? Yeah, so, travel
1: or little things you've done. Um, someone told a story of how they went for breakfast on a beach one day, their local beach with the kids.
0: What things you've done to push your comfort zone a little That's bit.
1: That's it. Like one person lives in a camper van, so she talks about that. Um, one person kayaked from like London to Croatia, so she talked about that. And it's also instead of like band bands on stages, you've got tents and barns and buses where you go and listen to people's talks, and it's just so inspiring. And everyone's nice. We all eat together, so all the food is included. So you all get given your food. There's a little party in the barn. It's just lovely. Everyone's just in walking boots or wellies, and there's hay bales and stuff, and the atmosphere is just. Chilled, welcoming, relaxed. There's alpacas, by the way, and one is about to give birth, I think, again this year, like last year. Um,
0: so, we're the official photographers. We're the photographers of which Yestival. You, which you wangled somehow, didn't you? I know, <laughs> I
1: know. I'm so excited to, to do the photos officially for them. We,
0: we went last year and we had to leave, like in the middle of a rainstorm, didn't we? Which Both kind the of night broke your car halfway through and about we that. got COVID.
1: That's right, yeah.
0: So we've, we've set a low bar for our yesterday's. <laughs> experience. This year it's experience. going to be sunny.
1: We haven't got a wedding to run off to a day early. And uh, we have immune systems again. I think that's a big part of it, to be honest. Like last year, we did not have immune systems. We had been wearing masks up until that point, everywhere we went. So now um, we're, yeah, I think we'll be fine. We'll be fine.
0: Fingers crossed. And we will catch up with you guys on the flip side once we've been there.
1: See you later. See
0: you later. Oh, hang on. That that was such a nice end to things. But I suppose we should actually plug the thing that we're here to talk about.
1: Oh, yes. That's it. What do we do again? (laughs) We run a membership for wedding photographers.
0: That membership thing. That
1: membership thing we do. Um, It's called Kick-Ass Photographers. It is a membership for wedding photographers where we get together on Zoom every week for a group mentoring session. We have courses in there from website to editing to ghosting. Um, and we have a really good time, we have get togethers and all sorts.
0: Meetups at haunted houses in Devon.
1: <laughs> yes, so if you want to join us in the membership, you can go to kickassphotographers.com forward slash join. And currently we have 40% off membership. So if you use the code KICKASS, you can get 40% off. So join us.